want to welcome you today to the Lord's Table. And today's going to be a little bit different than a normal service here, but I think this is really good for us as we just finished up the series, Heart Healthy. I can think of nothing better for our own spiritual health than to celebrate the Lord's Table. And I just want to take a few moments and reflect and meditate upon the scripture passage that Paul encouraged us as a body of believers to participate in the Lord's table. And so if you have your Bible and you want to look at it with me, you can, or you can just listen to me this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul is writing to a Corinth church that has division. It has a lot of sin issues and a lot of confusion on why Christ came and the resurrection and what it meant to be the body of Christ. And so it's a powerful section and it's a powerful reminder that the Lord's table is about grace, it's about fellowship, it's about the unity that we have together around Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. He says, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you. That means Paul is discouraged with the Corinth church for how they're treating the Lord's table. He says, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. And then as the English can, he's like, what is going on? He says, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing what shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. And then verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He then says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine or test himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would have not been judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, 
so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together, like we're doing this morning, to eat, wait for one another or be patient with one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give you directions when I come. There's three truths that I want us to meditate upon this morning before we participate. The first truth that I think is important when we come to the table to celebrate the Lord's table is to remember we are better together. We are better together. In the text it says when you come together, and he says it should be for the betterment. You see, in the body of Christ, God gave us the body of Christ The person you're sitting right next to this morning, or in front of or behind, who may not be here or who's here, we are better together. The Corinth church was missing this point because they thought that the table and the bread and the cup was about what they could get rather than what they could give. You see, the Lord's table is always a reminder, not about us as individuals, but about the body of Christ, that we are part now of a new community. And a new community is always understanding that we are better together. Especially when our mindset is we come to church not to get, but to give. We come not to sort of be served, but we come to serve. We come not to to be ministered to, but we come to minister to others. We come not just so people will know our problems, but we want to know what other people's problems are. You see, we're better together. When we come together to give, not to get. You see, what Paul wanted them to to be reminded of is that the bread and the cup reminds us that Jesus didn't come for what he could get. He came for what he could give. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. We are better together when our mindset is not what can I get out of this church, but what can I give to this church because Christ came not for me as an individual, but for us as a body of believers. We're better together, too, when we come to unite, not to divide. The thing that Paul was frustrated with was obviously their selfishness and their pride when it came to the table, but he was frustrated that there was division in the church because that is anti-Christianity. Christianity and the church is about unity. It's about unity around Jesus Christ. It's about understanding that in Christ we are one. And that's why the New Testament is filled with a bunch of one another's. Love one another. Encourage one another. Share one another's burdens. Exhort one another. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. And on and on it goes because 
We're better together when we come together united and not divided. Church and the table should be a reminder that it is not us that we're against. Our enemy is the devil. Our enemy is the spiritual warfare that is out there. Our enemy is the world, and we need to understand that we are better together. The second reminder that Paul wants us to know is that when it comes to the Lord's table, it is an opportunity to look back and leap forward. To look back and to leap forward. My understanding when I grew up as a kid was a little bit different when it came to the Lord's table. I came to the Lord's table because I knew I had sin in my life, and so I thought that if I participated in communion and the Lord's table, that somehow I would receive forgiveness of sins because I was participating in the Lord's table. Paul's saying, no, wait a second here. The Lord's table is about celebrating the forgiveness that we have. You see, the gospel or the good news looks back. The gospel is both past and future. It looks back at the past. The bread that we will eat of reminds us that Christ's body was broken on the cross. And he humbled himself and he died a terrific or horrific death in our behalf. And the blood reminds us that He literally died for our sins so that we could be washed clean. Too many of us, we have forgotten the grace. We have forgotten the oneness. We have forgotten the cross. Oh, we remember it Good Friday. We remember it over Easter. And sometimes we think about it here or there. But The Lord's table is a reminder. And every time really we eat and drink, we should remind ourselves. And when we're together as a body, to look back at the cross and what Jesus Christ accomplished. But the gospel is not just about the past. It's also about the future. We leap. Forward. That means we have hope, we have joy, we have excitement as we anticipate the future. You know, Paul was saying that we do this in remembrance. We do this in remembrance. And then he says, at the end, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You see, Christ's death was not the end. It was the beginning of the end. We have a future. We have a hope. We have joy. And that's why this morning after we participate, we're going to sing some more. And we're going to worship God and we're going to praise him for the freedom and the joy and the hope of the realization of salvation in the kingdom to come. Paul reminds us it's not only that we're better together and we need to look back and we need to leap forward, but Paul also reminds us that the Lord's table means exam day. It's the day of testing. Now, I know this has scared a lot of people, and 
in the tradition I grew up, this was very scary because you need to make sure that everybody that participates in the Lord's table usually was a member of your church or something bad was going to happen or they were going to drink judgment upon them. And I have to say, I don't think Paul was trying to scare people. He was trying to remind them. After he reminds them that the future is coming, the kingdom is coming, he's reminded them that we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the Lord's table is a way for us to examine our hearts. Not not to make sure that we're perfect and we have our relationship perfectly right with the Lord, but to make sure we're walking with him. Three questions I think all of us should ask this morning. First question, how is my relationship with the Lord? Is my relationship healthy or unhealthy? Am I moving forward or am I moving backward? Am I growing closer or am I growing farther apart? The Lord loves you. He's jealous for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And we need to ask ourselves that question. How is my relationship with the Lord? The second question you need to ask yourself is how is my relationship with others? And this was the issue that faced the Corinth church. There was selfishness, there was pride, there was a division, there was lack of forgiveness, there was lack of encouragement, there was lack of hope. And one of the things I always encourage people, if there's something that isn't right with a fellow brother and sister in Christ, Maybe this morning is the time for you to just pass. And then as soon as the service is over, as soon as you can, go and get reconciled. Make sure that your relationship is right. And the third question we need to ask ourselves, is my heart healthy? We just got done doing a series on a healthy heart. Is there any sin? Is there any hurdles? Again, is there anything relationally with others that is keeping my heart from being healthy? And if there's sin, celebrating the Lord's table is not going to be what gets you forgiveness. It's going to be the finished work of Jesus Christ and celebrating that. You do need to confess your sins. God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of all of our sins, but not because of the Lord's table, but because of his death and resurrection. And so you examine your heart, you examine your life, you test yourselves to make sure that your relationship with God and with others is heading in the right direction. And whatever the sin or the heart issue going on, is present. You need to address it and deal with it.